Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. You are just going to love our guest today. We talk about a whole bunch of things. <laughs> we, get, we go down some tangents on this one, but you know, I always like to give you exactly as the conversation goes. So I have Shay McMillan on the podcast today, who it's funny, I'm pausing as I say her name because on social media, she's Shay Budgets. And so I always think of that as her last name, but it's not really her last name. And we are going to talk about really why one would budget because for many of us, it seems like the hardest, worst, most unfun thing we can do. And it is something that I have specifically asked Shay to come do at camp in July. So I wanted us all to hear a little bit about why, why, (laughs) why I want to do that in camp. Camp is supposed to be fun, right? So Before I dive in, before we dive into this conversation, I just want to tell you a little bit more about camp. So Shay is definitely a teacher at camp, as are 40 other amazing women. I'm so excited. I feel like every week that I record a podcast, I'm going to be able to get a little bit more and more excited because I'm speaking with all the speakers and we're talking about exactly what they're doing. And I'm making sure it all flows together. And I'm making sure that all the things together really honor Um, the experience that I wanted everyone to have during this week in July. So the experience came about from a noticing that as we are heading out of this pandemic time, it seems like we're losing track a little bit easier than I wished we would. And I say we because I include myself in this with all the wonderful things that we actually learned in this very hard time. And we really, one of the main things that I learned was the beauty in the pause, the beauty in really slowing down. And I know that's ironic coming from me because I'm always teaching about slowing down, but when everything around me slowed down and there was less fighting the slowing down, which I now realize I was doing sometimes, it was it was magical. And it was magical even though if you've been a listener, you know that it wasn't an easy moment as a mother during this pandemic time. So I had to show up at a level which I, I hadn't had to show up as a mom before and support a kid who was really needing support. And still, I felt it was, I'm so grateful for the time. It just felt like such a beautiful time. And I want to take some of those lessons with me into the rest of my life. I don't want to go back to who I was before. I don't want to go back to some of the things I used to do before, because I feel like we upgraded ourselves during this time. So why not take that upgrade into the next version of our lives. So that's what camp is about. Camp is about the pause. And it's both a pause to just sort of get in alignment with where things are for you. Maybe notice some of the things you did learn and really get clear on on what you want to leave behind and what you want to carry forth. And as you're doing that, you may need some new tools. 
And you just may need to relax into doing that. So that's like the the purpose of camp is that we have a body day where we're going to learn how to cook really nurturing food. We're going to learn about cravings. We're going to learn all about hormones, like in the most campy way. We're going to um, do Pilates and yoga, and we're going to move our bodies in new and really cool ways. And then we have this day that's called presence. And that's all about coming into the present into the now and tools for doing that, which I would say, that is what got me through every hard moment I had during the pandemic was this practice and ability to come into the present. And I did that in a number of ways. And we're going to teach a number of ways on that day. And I'm so excited for that. And there's going to be live events and meditations and and movements and talks. And there's also going to be, um, you know, things that you can go into at any point in the day. And everything's going to be really experiential. So even if you're learning about why you would journal, you're going to go off and journal. So everything is meant to feel really like camp. And then the third day is about money. And that's where Shay comes in. So we're going to learn about budgeting. We're going to learn about how to make extra money or and how to plan for that for all my entrepreneurs. One of the cool things about Shay actually that I'll say is I know a lot of times I am talking to entrepreneurs. And on Money Day, we are going to have some resources specifically for entrepreneurs. Which, even if you're not one yet, I highly recommend you come listen to because I think even having a side hustle if you're not an entrepreneur is is so fun and so maybe one of the lessons we can learn out of this past year. So, so we're going to learn about money making and then we're also going to learn some of the more somatic practices around money. And um, I, had, I just had this amazing talk with someone who teaches tapping, which is a tool that I've integrated into our lives and um, she's going to teach with money, how we can do that. We're going to do different money practices that fall into, um, you know, the KonMari method of decluttering. It's just, it's going to be so good. It's going to be really a holistic way to look at money and all the things. And then the third day is mothering. And that's really where my focus has been for the past year. So I'm really excited to share a lot of those resources with you. We have an amazing kind day there. And I, I just, I can't wait for you all to show up to that. And then on Friday, we're going to be talking about play and how that can be self-nurturing and how we can do it and just some really cool ways to integrate play into your life. And it is going to include painting and wine tastings and like all sorts of things. So more details, more details will keep coming. You'll learn new things every time you listen and every time you go to the camp page, but just go sign up and we'll keep you informed and we'll show you how to make this reasonable for you. Um, There is a way to very quickly upgrade at a very reasonable price. That is not the cost that camp is going to be. But if you do it really quick, it's, you know, helps us support the speakers that we're paying and all the things. Um, So if you want to upgrade and just have access to it forever, you can go do that. And then you'll always be able to access it even when we, you know, when it goes after it goes live. So that's really cool. And then if you don't make that choice right now, that's totally fine. And if you start doing camp and you fall in love and you want to be able to come back to the meditations and the practices and all the things you can buy it, then it's going to be a little bit more, but you know, we're going to, we're keeping it reasonable. We're keeping it cheaper than kids camp, no matter what, because I really do believe that we mamas need to be served right now. So that is what's happening. That is the pause. So Shay, 
Shay Budgets, I'm going to call her, even though that's not really her last name. Shay and I met at a planning event in New York before everything shut down. And I'm going to get right back to telling you all about her, but I'm just realizing that I did not tell you the link, which is plansimple.com slash camp if you want to go sign up. Um, so Shay and I met at an event in New York, and um, she was speaking about budgeting there. And it's funny because I, she speaks a lot at different planner events. This was new for me. I mean, I have a planner, but I'm coming more from um, the coaching world. So like all the planner events weren't necessarily on my radar until I landed at that event. And it was so much fun. Oh my gosh. Talk about play. We are going to do some planning play on Friday because once you get out the stickers and some pens and start using fun stuff to plan, it really does make it really does make it fun. So we'll be doing some of that on Friday. Um, and I met Shay there and she just talked about budgeting in a way that felt really in alignment with what we talk a lot about here. She talked about it as a form of self-care, which she'll get into today. Um, and she was fun and um, it was really easy to understand. And she's just a real person. She works full time and budgeting has just become an important tool in her marriage and in her life to li really live the life that she wants. And she even discloses her budget on Instagram every month. And so I just felt like she was a really good person to come teach this in a way that will resonate, especially with those of us who feel like we really want to fly by the seat of our pants and budgeting doesn't sound that fun. So with no further ado, Let's get Shay on the show. And if you love what you hear, remember, she'll be at camp. So you can go find her there. And then if you head on over to Plan Simple, you can just go to plansimple.com. You don't even have to remember the camp part because you'll get prompted to sign up for camp when you get there. And you'll also see where the podcasts are. And if you go to the show notes, you'll see all the ways to connect to Shay. Um, and then you can get to know her even in advance of camp. And that will make you want to come even more. All right. I will um, see you on the other side when we do the, the three doable changes for this week. But for now, let's get Shay on the show. Hey, Shay, welcome to the Plan Simple podcast. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm so, well, let me think of how to word this. I was going to say, I'm so excited to have you here, which is very true. And I'm so excited about the topic, which is also true. But I don't feel like that's something I would have always said that I'm so excited about the topic, which is budgeting. Okay. <laughs> so gotcha, I'll just be gotcha. fully transparent about that. I love gotcha. it. Okay. Um, and it feels good that it feels better and better to talk about budgeting um, that at one point might not have felt so good. So tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about how you got into this line of work. And by the way, for everyone who hasn't checked out Shay yet, one of my favorite things you do is you post on Instagram your like actual budget every month right is that true yeah and it's it cool it's really <laughs> it's really cool to see it in action so tell us how you became this person who got really comfortable enough with money to do something like that has that always been how you were okay so good question I feel like that was multiple questions so yes yes that, yes I would say <laughs> that um I feel like my upbringing, which was not lavished by any means, poverty stricken, in fact, um, kind of aided in the goals that I would then later on want to achieve. And mm -hmm. so I always was on like a path of trying to achieve financial success, what, whatever that meant to me, which is, it doesn't mean a, a whole lot, <laughs> you know, especially when you compare it, which is why we're not 
doing any type of comparing and why I don't believe in that because my idea is going to look different from the next person's because I find financial success and freedom in paying all of my bills every month, having all of my basic needs met, which was not something that took place when I was coming up Mm -hmm. and just really basic stuff like that. I'm obviously it's wonderful that I can afford other things and get many of my wants met, if not all of them. But for the most part, that's just my actual idea of financial success. And for me, I felt like it was always my duty, even though I don't have a child yet, to be putting these things in place and teaching myself and learning all that I can about personal finance because I did not know anything at all when no one taught me anything like that when I was growing up. So that's kind of what I feel like my mission on earth is (laughs) to do so that I can then pass on this information to the next generation, i.e. my child or children. And so, um, interestingly enough, my husband had a little bit of a different upbringing, but so I feel like the money messages that we were both taught were different. And so he also was on a path to, you know, achieving financial success and so on and so forth, whatever that meant to him. And so because we really were just two standalone people who felt so passionately about you know, changing the trajectory of our financial futures. Whenever we got married, it was pretty much just um, a given that we would start working towards our financial goals together. So I always like to say that it was kind of like we were, you know, it was just like we were on our separate journeys and then the two became one. And so anyway, that kind of brings me to who I am at Shea Budgets. And so shortly after we got married, we then started to, you know, we went on our honeymoon and all those types of things. And then we did start to work to actively achieve our financial goals, both separately and jointly. And it was um, probably the month after we had created our first budget together that I actually began sharing that on the tube, on YouTube and, and, You know, that was pretty much where I was in the beginning. I later joined Instagram and created a website and all of that. But that's kind of what brought me to a place of sharing that. And I strongly feel that we can talk about personal finances. In fact, I think that we should talk about personal finances because otherwise, how does one who is not taught about personal finance learn about personal finance? And so I'm comfortable with speaking about it. I fully believe that is actually we're all capable of sharing a good amount of ourselves and being vulnerable without oversharing. Um, I feel like we can do that with money. We can do that with um, mental health. We can do that in all in various facets of life without oversharing and just offering up all of ourselves. So as far as like the comfortability goes, um, I feel like I do share how I view what I share and how what other people who might be more private view what I share is going to, it's going to be different. But that's so, it's so interesting though, to me hearing you share that, that it almost sounds like the sharing um, was nurturing for you and, and makes the, like, it almost feels like in like sharing is uncomfortable probably for everyone at first. Right. Yet yeah, this is a topic. I mean, I, I sometimes feel like personal finances, finances and sex have like equal, you know, taboo. like taboo associated <laughs> yeah. with them. And like we get just as uncomfortable and like wanting to jump out of our skin and talking about them. And it's 
it's so strange to me that, and, and it's so strange to me. And I am totally a part of that being a strange thing to talk about. Um, I feel like actually it's easier for me to talk about sex than money sometimes. <laughs> um, and it's, it's interesting though, like how we've created this world. And it seems like in being able to talk about even something as simple as your budget, how freeing that probably is on the other side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, speaking of sex, even though that's not what we're talking about here, <laughs> I feel like I never share um, details of that. Uh, now, I only have sex with one person who was my husband. <laughs> and I never share details of that, you know, so to speak, but I'm not afraid to talk about that with the younger generation, like my nieces or just even a friend. I mean, it just, you know, kind of depending on what it is that we're talking about. It's not like I have yeah. boundaries where I'm like, we're never going to talk about this, that, and or third. I'm pretty much an open book, but I feel like I don't have to disclose all intricacies or intimate details of X, Y, or Z to be able to be comfortable in having a conversation. Because as far as I'm concerned, especially when it comes to my husband, we have always had a relationship where we can talk about literally anything and everything. And I feel like that is um, freeing in that. And it's also, it just makes really talking about anything in the world super, super easy for us. But I feel like that is a normality in what it should be. So the taboo thing for me when it comes to money, sex, whatever, is is interesting. Um, I do not, you know, I, I don't adhere to it or whatever because I don't feel like I feel like it's a it's a problematic to not talk about mental health, suicide, or it's kind of like when we're talking about, and I'm a mental health advocate, but it's kind of like when we're talking about suicide, people will think that. Um, having a conversation with someone who has expressed, you know, some type of suicidal thought is inappropriate. Like that's going to like make them go and do carry out whatever it is that their plans are when in fact we should be having these conversations. So that's kind of what I feel. That's kind of, yeah, a hundred percent. And I feel like in terms of money, it's like 90% of women, right? Like, like we're not, so none of us were taught all these things, right? You know, school didn't teach us, right? Many of us didn't come from families that taught us. I mean, Mm -hmm. if we did, we were really lucky. And Mm -hmm. so then, and you know, most people in my audience are, you know, within a similar age range to me. So let's say we're like in the 30 to 50 age range. And like, that's just the age when, you know, credit card companies were, um, giving us all sorts of great deals when we went into college. And, you know, if you hadn't been taught about budgeting, like that was some dangerous, you know, stuff that was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm takes, you know, I do a lot of uh, enough listening to know that it's affected a lot of people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Um, all right. So by the way, everyone, Shay is going to actually teach us and walk us through creating a budget at camp, which if you haven't signed up, you have to go sign up. And one of the reasons I wanted her to get on today is because there may be some of you who are like budgeting, like that is not what I'm doing in the middle of my July. Um, when I want to be like by the pool or outside or getting work done so that I can be in the later part of the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Um, but one of the reasons that it was really important for me to have money day as part of camp was because I just think it's something that if we can give time to and normalize, and there's going to be a lot of, you know, more 
healing, like somatic work and healing work. But if we can just do the, do the work and do it together and do it in good company, um, it just can be, it can actually be nurturing. So the next question I think I would ask you is let's talk a little bit about how, you know, really being able to man- manage our, our budget or manage our money or create our budget or whatever it is, um, is, is nurturing is an act of self-care instead of like just another thing on our to-do list, which I feel like for many of us, that's what it sometimes feels like. Absolutely. I would say, um, it's kind of like when, when I talk about or teach, um, you know, the art of budgeting, I feel like anybody who has basic math skills can create a budget, but there are far more in other factors that play into actually successfully carrying out a budget. Because if you know that per your salary, you're going to bring in $3,000, most people can sit down and create a plan for the $3,000. It is sticking to the plan that actually brings about the issues and why we have folks in a lot of debt or credit card debt or living above their means or running out of money before they run out of month. And so Everything else outside of the simple math portion of creating a budget is 100% self-care and nurturing. And it takes a lot of work, especially in today's society, to stick to a budget and stick to your guns. Because um, I feel like for me, as I've gone about this journey and learned more and more about money and all of the things, I feel like um, I've been taught a lot more than again, just how to create a budget. Cause I could do that. Like I said, I could, I could have figured out how to spend um, my monthly income at, or $2,000 or creating a budget around $2,000 when I was like 10 or whatever the case is. It's just, for me, I have learned to um, understand what the money messages were that I was taught. I have been able to, um, I feel like, be, I have to be okay with the lifestyle that I'm afforded because it's not like I can go out and buy, you know, just whatever I want or anything and not have to think about money. I'm certainly not in that tax bracket and probably won't be um, unless a miracle happens in my own, you know, in my day. I'm not going to be in the tax bracket that allows me to just make whatever kind of purchase that I want. So I have to, I've learned to not that I wasn't grateful, but I've learned to practice gratitude and to be okay with where I am, to not focus on, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. Even that, that's a whole other conversation because you have to do some deep work and some healing to even figure out why it is that you feel the need to keep up with this person or that person. Yes. Um, So I feel like it's a lot of, it's, it's a journey and a lifelong journey at that again, there are going to be things that you want that you're not going to be able to afford. I feel like I've learned patience. I'm currently saving up for my dream handbag. I don't know that I'll still want the handbag after I've saved up for it. Oh, that's so funny. I love that. (laughs) I am um, month by month as of January saving a couple hundred or however much I can say really to go towards it. So I feel like it's, it's taught me and is still teaching me patience because it's, it's, it's hard to be patient in this fast paced world and to save up for something that a credit card balance might allow you to purchase 
immediately, of course, you're going to have to make payments to pay off that purchase. So it's literally just flip-flopped. <laughs> so you can either save up for it in cash or you can put it on a credit card and then pay it off in the same cash that you would have or could have been using to actually save for the item. So it's forcing me to be patient, to practice gratitude every day. I'm just thankful for the ability to, you know, have a roof over my head or, you know, that type of thing. So I feel like it's for sure. Um, there are a lot of elements that come into play, like gratitude, self-love and patience and all sorts of virtues that I feel like will play a part in managing our money, which is so wild that we live in a world that <laughs> we learn virtues from managing our monthly income, or we have to, because, you yeah. know, minimum wage is seven twenty-five, which is, you know, pathetic, yeah. but, um, you know, we just, we just live in a world where, you know, some people are high earners, of course, and some people are, you know, middle-class or whatever the case is. And um, I just think that it's definitely self-care, the act of tracking your expenses, which some people don't want to do. I feel like that's what most people fear is just looking at their bank account to kind of see where their money has gone. That is it's an act of self-love really, but that is self-care. Okay. And can we, so can we talk about the difference between, so like, I feel like one of the things that, um, that I know you don't teach to do unless you can't afford it in real life is, you know, I feel like a lot of times when we think of budgeting, we immediately think of all the things that we can't have, right? Like before we even run any, right. Mm -hmm. Before we even like run the numbers, right. So maybe we can't have a latte every day, but I think we automatically think like, and that's a bad example because we do a lot of health talk around here. But anyway, you know, like there, there's certain things that like, I think we, we get unconscious about because it's easier. Right. And it's, it, it we don't have to go through all those emotions and all those feelings um, about whether or not we can afford them if we have no idea. Um, but I'm imagining that once you're actually sitting down and you actually know what you can and not what you can and can't do. That's not what you're choosing or choosing not to do. Mm-hmm. Like once you make that choice in advance, like I know from planning, cause that's what we do around here. I always say that planning is just making a choice in advance so that basically you're choosing from a part of your brain that actually can make good choices because our brains aren't very good right in the moment. So if we have a credit card with the limit of the bag that we want, and we're like right there in front of it, most likely we're going to make a worse choice then than we would if we were at home and being like, how could I get this bag? Right? Like we're, we're just going to make a different choice. So let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about like just that idea of Restriction versus permission. Restriction. Yeah, that's it. That's the words that you've got. <laughs> well, and I don't have. <laughs> well, that's it. That's the, you are hitting the nail on the head that a budget, although the term is what people would throw some people off, but we can change the term. It's fine. We can all do that in the world, but we, we can call it a spending plan if that yep. makes people happier. doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter what we call it. It just matters, you know, how we carry it out. But it is giving permission rather than restriction. But yes. if you are not comfortable with restriction or with waiting, I can see how a budget might be stressful. <laughs> For me, I'm comfortable with, I've always been comfortable, though I do like some things 
quickly in instant gratification as a millennial. <laughs> it's just available to me. It's just the world that we live in, but I'm comfortable with waiting and with, I have a lot of patience and, you know, all of those sorts of things. So a budget to me isn't, it was never anything that scared me. Um, so budgets, spending and savings plans, spending plans, plans, money plans, they give us permission to spend or to save or to do whatever it is that we want to do with our money instead of restricting us. It gives us the ability to know where our money is going rather than wondering where our money has gone. And so for me, the way that I view life <laughs> and the way that I view a budget is the fact of the matter is I can't spend more than I make unless I want to be in debt or, you know, owing this person and that person, which I absolutely do not for, for reasons that I feel like are appropriate because, you know, if there's an, a, a situation where somebody has to go in debt and they have just exhausted all options and they go in debt, then that's one thing. But for me to actively spend all of my money, overspend each and every month, not even attempt to save anything, to put anything away for a rainy day and just buying all sorts of things that I don't need, that would be a problem for me internally. And so again, the budget that we create each and every month allows us the ability to say, we can go out to eat this many times rather than we can't go out to eat <laughs> this many times. It just allows us to be able to, to pinpoint what we can do um, rather than what we can't do. Because at the end of it all, it really just comes down to what you want for your life and what feels comfortable, what feels right, what sits right with one spirit, as I like to say. And for me, again, spending a bunch of money and buying a bunch of stuff, that's just not who I am innately as a person. That's not who my husband is. So we don't want that lifestyle. I don't want a lifestyle where I'm just swiping, 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 just buying up a bunch of random stuff and having no real plan or financial. Well, and, and the idea of, um, the idea of saving is part of the spending plan or budget, right? Like, so what you save becomes part of that. And that's almost like, I'm in, I'm investing in, in my, I'm really believing in myself, right? Like, so by saving for yourself, you're really believing that you're worth, you're worth that. Like you're, yeah. you're investing in yourself instead of in the eighth dinner or the bag or whatever, right? Like right. that you, that you right. shouldn't be doing. And right. so that's, it's kind of cool. And I, I think that, you know, it's very easy for us not to believe in ourselves that, that much. And, you know, the, this audience is a lot of mothers. And I think very often um, we put ourselves aside so that we can spend on our kids. And so sometimes we go over budget on things that don't even have to do with us. And that's sort of how it becomes justified. And then as you 100%. know, one thing leads to another. <laughs> I have a friend who just moved here. She's one of my best friends and she just moved to Georgia up the street, which is like crazy to me that she actually did it, but, or that she actually moved um, near me. So fun. Been wanting to move South. And so um, she has two children and she spends a lot on them. And she'll say, you know, I bought, you know, I spent money on this, that, and the third or whatever, just related to them. And even then that may have, you know, I feel like we have to go deep 
on many of our life's choices. I probably <laughs> preach about that too much or do that too much. But I feel like, you know, for me, I just want to know who I am and be mm-hmm. aware of that and have self-awareness and actively do that, you know, each and every day because I, I change, my wants change, whatever. But um, she will go buy a bunch of toys or this or that in a third and then um, complain about it or she'll go buy a bunch of stuff and then wish she hadn't. And, you know, that whole thing. And I just feel like, you know, again, that might, you, you have to ask yourself for some people, I don't know, especially with single mothers, am I overcompensating and Mm -hmm. buying things because I am overcompensating? This is a question that we can all ask ourselves. Am I buying a bunch of stuff because I don't want my child to be left out. Kind of like the cell phone thing. Like I am not a fan of cell phones. You know, I always tell my niece, I'm like, you know, girl, I went like 18 years without a cell phone. The world was, you know, it was just fine. Life was great. I mean, I didn't, I felt like I was picked up on time and, or I had to use a pay phone or the school phone or whatever to be picked up. It was all was well. I just could not text my friends all day or call all day and you know social media wasn't really a huge thing back then <laughs> but um that's another thing like the cell phones oh I don't want them to be left out and whatever and it's kind of like a war because you have to you know you have to you're at war with yourself I say that all the time too like with your highest self and then you know with this self over here and so because yes. a lot of people are like I don't want my kids to have a cell phone but then they're like I don't want them to be left out or what if they need to call me or whatever the case is. And it's just kind of like, you just really have to ask yourself, why are you buying this? Or, you know, do they need that? Or do they, do they even really want a cell phone? Like, at, for example, one of the kids, um, the oldest one got a cell phone. And then she, that her mom just kind of got the youngest one a cell phone. And he does, he's not even in a cell phone. So it's like, now you just put you know, a cell phone in his hand spent $500 or whatever on a cell phone that he never even asked for. And he doesn't even want it because he doesn't use cell phones and he doesn't go anywhere without his parents because of his age and whatever. So it was like, that was just money. Just really hitting the nail on the head. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds, it sounds like everyone can really think, and I, I mean, maybe even before camp a little bit, just about what, um, like, it's almost like matching your values with where you're spending your money. Right. And so like, I can give a personal example, which is that, and that's actually inspired by my kids. So, and my husband. So I married a guy who like really cares for the planet. And it's not that I don't, it's just that I was not raised with like, that wasn't just, that just wasn't part of like all the things that I believe, you know, was taught to believe when I was little, but I married one. And so that just meant that like, it took me a minute to remember all the time to recycle, you know, the yogurt thing. And sometimes I still forget. Um, now we're into compost. And so my kids grew up with that and they are like on a, you know, mission to save the world, <laughs> which is great. But it just means that there's actually choices that we make. Sometimes they cost less money and sometimes they actually cost more money to be a good steward of the earth, right? Like, so like dental floss, for example, um, we switched that up a year ago and 
it pretty much costs nothing at Costco and to buy it in a way that's kind to the planet actually costs a lot, (laughs) you know, and it's like these little things and they add up, but then you feel differently about them and um, there's just more intention behind them. And so that's really been helpful for me to understand and like me, me to, to really see and to really, um, I, with the coffee example, I stopped drinking coffee for a while, but I did it not initially because I was saving money, but which, but I ended up saving a lot of money and was kind of shocked by it. But because I realized I was like unconsciously going to Starbucks, like it was just this thing that I did on my way after dropping the kids off at school on my way back to work. And it just became this important ritual for me to like, be able to concentrate, not because of the caffeine, but because like I stopped and talked to another human. And the second I realized that I was like, huh, there's gotta be a, like even a more meaningful human to stop and talk to, like maybe one who I actually know, you know? And so I started making different, you know, I would go on walks and it's just, it's, and that, you know, so that saved money connecting me with people. And so I just think sometimes it's just, and the whole point of what I really am hoping everyone does right now is just this idea of pausing because that's really all a budget is. It's just like you're pausing just for a minute to really check into your values, to what you believe in, to what you want to believe in in the future. And you match that with how you're putting your money. So I love that. Mm-hmm. I think we were talking about, you and I were talking about that previously that, you know, about the money messages that we were taught and also connecting our behaviors to in our thoughts and our actions. Yeah. Connecting our behaviors and our thoughts to our actions and to our values because I feel like we all do this. We all say we want, it's kind of like, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds, but then you like never change your eating yeah. habits. You're st- still, you know, living the same sedentary lifestyle or you're not decreasing your caloric intake, which obviously calories, you know, a loss of what, 3,500 calories is a loss of one pound or whatever the case is. So we all have to examine, you know, our thoughts and our feelings and connect those to our behaviors and our actions and then our actual, you know, outcomes and values. So that's just a lifelong process. And I feel like we all have to do it in various aspects of life. I feel like I think through decisions until I'm nauseous same with my husband again we're probably doing this to a fault but I just feel like I don't want to go through life just willy-nilly and just doing a bunch of things that don't really matter to me what's important to me because a lot of people ask you know we are planning for the birth of our first child and what's important to me is that if I do nothing else I teach them you know education in various aspects, not just, that's why I like to know a little bit about a lot, but, you know, about money more importantly, so that they can go on and achieve more than what we are. It's not really about me wanting more for the child per se, but really for like generations, like I feel like it's my duty to learn this, which was not taught to me, and then pass that on so that they can go forth and conquer. (laughs) Because um, if I'm, we're living paycheck to paycheck, above our means if I'm teaching them it's kind of like Christmas um, I have a friend I have all of my friends really they kind of um, do a lot of spending for Christmas well that wasn't yep. really a thing in my household because there wasn't a lot of money to spend on Christmas <laughs> but also it's just not really a value to me or my husband so I have no need to spend a bunch of money or buy a name brand as an example 
Um, and so my friends are like, we're, we're going to buy them some name brand, some Nike and send it to you. Or we're going to buy you some. <laughs> I'm like, they're getting three toys on Christmas. And they're like, we're going to buy some toys. And so I'm like, you don't have to, I promise you, you don't need to feel sorry for me. <laughs> you don't need to feel sorry for my child, my unborn child. That is, I promise that they'll have their basic needs met. And as far as I'm concerned, um, that's like, for me, going to be a, a level up of parenting and they'll have some of their wants met as well. They're not going to have everything. It's just, you know, just kind of, it just brings me back to when I think about Christmas and I'm like, you know, there's no need for anybody to ever want to donate to my, I know they're just like, they're not joking. They're like joking, but not joking. <laughs> like they really would send my kids stuff, but like, well, you know, why would that, there's not a value of mine to shower yeah. my kids with a bunch of toys for Christmas. Like I have no interest. That's a super interesting example because actually I teach a lot around the holidays. Um, and one of the things that we do is just encourage as many people as possible to really simplify. And actually we have a thing of three gifts and it's like from everybody, like from all the people. <laughs> like, okay. So, I, so when my kids were little, I ended up not, we ended up not really giving them anything because you know, maybe Santa gave one thing, maybe grandma, grandma gave one thing like, and what's interesting is that one year our babysitter actually felt so bad <laughs> for the kids. Like, and I was doing it intent. I, the reason I was doing it is because I found that with a lot of presents, which happened at one particular birthday, they, their nervous systems changed. Like they got they had tantrums, like they can't handle it. Like they actually can't handle all the things. And, um, <laughs> it was just too much for them. Right. And so, so all of a sudden my babysitter shows up with like these garbage bags of toys, like so many presents. It was like Santa times 10. And I was like, okay, clearly I've mismessaged something. Cause this isn't about the fact that I can't go to target and buy a bunch of toys. Like I, that is not where I want to spend my money. And it's also just like, not where I want my kids attention to be. So it's really interesting that sometimes we mismatch. Yeah. And, and, and we mismatch like what we want with what we do. And I, I can totally see as I'm saying it out loud, how it's a lifetime practice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. But that, you know, that just all go, you know, it's just all back to our values. Again, I don't, and it's funny that you mentioned that because I do have a decent amount of stuff. It's not like I'm a minimalist and I have nothing. I do have things that I enjoy. I make sure that they're all serving some kind of purpose. Either it is making sure everything actually brings me joy. If it doesn't, it has to go because I, I just don't see the purpose of just having a bunch of like clothes I can't fit or, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting that you bring that up or that we're on this topic, I guess, because I feel like um, that is, it often comes, a lot of times it comes up and I don't know, it's just like different, like getting my nails done in the beginning. I didn't really care to get my nails. I don't, it's not that I like have to have my nails done. I do enjoy it, but it's not like a super value of mine. And so some people are like, oh, I can't give up my nails, you know, with my budget. And I'm like, well, you know, you don't have to, but you have to make sure that you can afford to be able to get the nails while also still affording all of your other needs as well. Because what area I may um, be a little loosey-goosey in may not be an area that another person is willing to be so loose in. Like, you know, 
I don't care if I ever drank another cup of coffee. It wouldn't matter to me any if I never, I mean, I haven't been to Starbucks in like two years. So it wouldn't matter to me any if I did not go to Starbucks or if I drank another cup of coffee. But somebody else, they may really enjoy coffee and all that it brings and all that it provides to them, be it just, you know, a, a little bit of time to themselves or whatever the case is. But you just have to make sure that your spending plan and your savings plan is matching up to your own personal beliefs and values, which is why personal finances are personal, because at the end of the day, I always say no one is affected by your financial choices other than your dependents. So no one else outside of the people in your household or the people who depend on you has really any say so or are going to be affected by your choices. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm still thinking about the whole the Christmas thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because that's funny that she brought over um, some toys for your poor, deprived children. But to that, I also am not a fan of being overstimulated. When I have like a lot going on, it stresses me out. And so I've watched kids like open up this toy and that 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 toy in like 20 minutes. And they can't even like appreciate in the moment, at least, which I like to be in each moment. Like I do things all separately. Like I don't eat and do things. I don't shower and do things like I just like to appreciate each moment that I'm in and so I too when I I just ordered a bunch of Amazon stuff because I have a monthly home decor budget or whatever and so normally I just order it all in the same little swoop I normally don't spread it out but um I had like a bunch of boxes (laughs) and so I had to wait until I had time to like go through each box and like examine everything and appreciate everything that I've ordered and whatever so I am 100% with your kids in that (laughs) overstimulation really is a stress on the central nervous system. 100%. (laughs) Well, I love that story that you have. Like, I love, I just love that you shared that, that you have this, this decoration budget and that's part of it. I'm hoping that sounds really freeing to everybody who's still like, what do you mean? I'm going to come make a budget (laughs) because like, that's cool. Like Mm -hmm. you just gave yourself a gift. It doesn't mean you're never going to open an Amazon box. It means that you're (laughs) doing it very mindfully. Yes. But I I feel like between the house, I'm probably, you know, I'm packaging like 10 and then I have business stuff. And I always think about, you know, some people who just want to shop, um, when you have the urge to shop or the urge to spend money, I always think about, um, like, for me, if I just want to like go look at home decor stuff or whatever the case is, I'll just like window shop or online shop or whatever. And oftentimes, by the time that I'm finished with it or after I'm, you know, finished with my shopping, I don't even really have a need to really purchase anything. Now, is it a problem that we often have a, a tendency to or an urge to go out and do some, what do they call it? Retail therapy. Yes, that's probably a problem in the world, but I always find like after I'm finished with it, like with the act of doing it, like looking, I normally don't buy anything or I don't, because sometimes I really want to go like look in a store like Home Goods. I love Home Goods. I know that I can't go in there and buy things as frequently as I would like to, because I would go like a couple times a week. I just don't have, we just don't have the money for that. So I will just drop in sometimes or look on the app and just see what's in my neighborhood home goods and just see what they have. And oftentimes that kind of is settling and is enough because really was what I really wasn't, I I wasn't really seeking 
I've learned that I haven't really been seeking, you know, just swiping the card because I don't want that. I don't want to be swiping cards and I don't want money to leave my bank account. But oftentimes (laughs) I really just want to like look and see, I guess for me, because I am in the process of, you know, decorating our new house is that I kind of go to work every day and I come home and that's pretty much it. I just spend my time at home or work. Like I really don't go anywhere. So sometimes I feel the urge to kind of like a date. We, um, we recently, I recently did a video and I posted it and I was talking about how sometimes my husband and I will go on a date like once a month, although our preference isn't really going out into the world. Our preference is really like we thoroughly enjoy being home and watching movies. Like that's our, our date. Mm-hmm. Night. And so somebody said, you know, well, what's the point of going out and spending money on a date or whatever the case is. And it had me thinking because um, there is a point to it, but it still just had me thinking like, am I really, do we leave the house to spend money on a date because we really want to, or do that's a value of ours? Or do we just do it just because it just seems like the right thing to do? Like, it seems like as a married couple, <laughs> we should, childless, child-free, I think is the term I'm supposed to be using, child-free, um, married couple, that we should be like at least once a month going out right. to the elements. But really, I don't know that we really get, now granted, when we do go out into the elements, we are typically going on like a free date or um, we'll do like restaurant because we love going out to eat and then like a free activity or something. So it is relatively inexpensive in comparison, but it did make me think like, why am or why do we force ourselves basically to go out and go on date nights when there's really not a huge value to us. But again, as a child-free married couple, it just seems like something that we should be doing at least going on one out of the home date per month. But really, it's not. Or you could be say, or you could be saving for the sitter when the kid comes and you still want to go and you decide <laughs> you need to get out. <laughs> you could budget for that instead. <laughs> this is true. We can start creating a babysitter and dog sitter because we just got a dog and know to realize that we would need dog sitters, but we can't, we could be, that could be a budget, a line item that we have future dog sitting and babysitting budget. Oh my God. I love it. You, you all, if you saw right now, which you don't because you're listening to this, but how cute Shay's room is that she's in, you can totally imagine that she's spent just the right budget on all the things for her new house because the shelf behind you is so cute. (laughs) My Um, favorite thing to do is with my budget, it's just to go see, like, to actively research and see which store has, like, a sale. And then I can go and get, like, a real bang for my buck. So, like, once at home had a sale for vases, like this one. And it was, like, $4, like, dollars for vases. So I went and bought, like, you know, a lot of them. And I had, like, 10 vases for, like, $30 or whatever the case is. That's my favorite thing to do. But I do, it is um, an art to be able to, you know, just try to get the bang for the buck whenever it comes to our monthly decor budget, which isn't super high, but I'm slowly but surely getting there. Well, and, and you know, that that gives you joy and that you do it. I do not have a monthly decor budget, so (laughs) I appreciate that. (laughs) That's very cool. All right. So we are going to dive into budgeting in, um, at the camp pause event. Um, do you have anything else you want to share before we end for today? 
I do not, but I am excited to be teaching the course or just going through all of that. I'm excited to connect with everyone because it will be my first planner event in, you know, since before COVID struck. So that's going to be super exciting. I was thinking about how I'm missing those. I think they're going to get started back with the planner events meetups in my area soon, but that's one event that I for sure can't wait to get back to. So I'm excited the virtual yay I'm so excited um and it's so funny I'm like wait I have a planner event that's fine I do have a planner and I do have an event (laughs) and I love paper and you also have that we're gonna have fun I think we're gonna have fun on that day and um yeah and I'm hoping that everyone will come join us and create their budget and feel the freedom and the self-nurturing that comes from doing that and uh, just you know it's it's a time when I just feel like it's such an opportunity right now to really evaluate our values. And so if budgeting is a value-based activity, I just think it's such a good opportunity to do that so that we are really thinking how we want to re-enter the world as it's opening back up. Um, I just think it's an opportunity that we have unlike any other time. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Problem. Thanks for having me. All right. At the end of every episode, we always choose three doable changes so that you can take what you've learned and put it into action. Because I really do believe that action is where real change happens. And here's the thing. Action does not have to be huge. It can be little. It can be the little teeny steps that create momentum and the momentum is what adds up to the big change and the cool thing about those little steps is that when you really take them you can feel the change and that's a really important part of this practice all right one other thing that i don't always mention that i'm going to mention today is i always say we choose three doable changes because i want you to be aware that there is a team behind these show notes and i get help every week presenting all of this in a way that you can read it and access it and find it in all the places. And I'm super grateful for that. That makes my week and my plan flow with much more ease. All right, here are the three doable changes from this episode. Number one, practice gratitude. Recognizing and appreciating what you have is a piece of the money work. So make a list of things you have that you are super grateful for. Maybe over the course of a week, you create a practice each morning and you just start logging those things that you have and why they are really important to you, really connecting to the meaning of them so you can connect the meaning to the money and feel that feeling of abundance, even if you don't necessarily see it yet in your bank account. All right, doable change number two. Practice patience and saving. Choose one thing that you want, but don't necessarily need right now. Really stretch that. Many of the things that we think we need right now, we might not. So practicing that in itself is patience. And then you can practice putting aside money each month for that thing. You could even calculate how much more you would spend if you bought it on credit and how much you're going to save now that you're saving the money to buy it in cash. And 
what that would be like. And so you can see how much you would actually have saved um, if you were putting aside that bigger amount, if you're somebody who uses credit all the time. And as Shay shared in this episode, she right now is saving for a really fancy purse. And she laughed at the end saying, she's not even really sure she'll want it when she saves for it, but it's that practice that's so important. So choose that thing. One thing I don't remember if I mentioned at the beginning of these doable changes is I always share three, but my recommendation is for you to choose one, one doable change that you really lean into and experiment with and make it work for you. And then you can stack them over the course of the weeks. Of course, we give you many more than you can stack, but just at least get one started before you move into the next one. All right. All right. Doable change number three. Connect to your values. Connecting to values can help you figure out where you want to even spend your money and where you don't. Just because because other people spend money on date night or expensive gifts or the latest phone or daily coffee doesn't mean that you have to. You totally can if all those things align with your values, but it's just about taking a pause. And it doesn't mean that you shouldn't spend money on those things, of course, if they're things that you truly love and want in your life. So start by making a list of your values. And actually, this is just like, I feel like this could be a doable change in itself. Make a list of those values. And then when you're going to purchase something, Just ask yourself, does this align with those values? So it's a really fun practice, and the doable change in this really is about the values. Spending a week of just really getting clear on what your values are. And usually our values stay the same throughout life, but there are times when they morph. And I would imagine that if you're listening to this episode in real time, we're just coming out of the pandemic, and this is such a good time to realign with values. Like, great time to do this work um, because things have shifted this year in bigger ways than many of us imagined. And it's just a really good time to check in and realign yourself with your values and see if anything that you used to value, you maybe don't value anymore. And anything that you didn't know that you valued so much, you're really feeling is an important thing to carry into the new way of going back to normal, whatever that looks like, right? All right. Those are our three doable changes from this episode. Practice gratitude, practice patience and saving, connect to your values. All right. And I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple podcast. And please, 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 I'm going to tell you two things. Number one, if you rate and review this podcast, more people find it. So I really, really, really appreciate when that happens. If you go to iTunes and you make that happen, that's how people can find us and know that we exist and learn how to budget and learn how to eat well and all the things that we talk about here. So that's thing number one. Thing number two is Shay is coming to camp, this experience that we're having in July, and she's actually walking us through making a budget. So if you know, you've never, if you've always avoided such a thing because it seems dreadful or it just brings up a pit in your stomach, first of all, Shay is a really fun teacher, which is why I got here. But second of all, in camp, we're taking care of like all the different pieces. So we're going to hold you and we're going to give you all sorts of modalities that will help you as you do this work, as you do some harder things, as you make some plans. You're going to be fed well. You're going to be moving your body. We even have a really cool tapping session just about money to help calm you as you do this practice, as you create your budget with Shay. 
All right, so I cannot wait for that. So make sure to go sign up at plansimple.com slash camp and grab your seat so that you can block out that time for yourself. All right, I will see you on the next episode. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Meals podcast. If you like what you heard, the biggest compliments you can give us is to share Plan Simple Meals with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at iTunes. I absolutely love sharing simple solutions to help busy families eat clean and live well. Visit HealthyMomsMeetup.com and come join in on the fun. In our free group, you can chat with me and other health-seeking moms, get new recipes and tips, and never be at a loss in the kitchen again. Come join the fun at HealthyMomsMeetup.com. I cannot wait to meet you there.